So I can still see the scene vividly in my mind, no matter how often I try to force myself to get rid of it. Seeing your friends. Yes, yes. I started calling them friends, even though I'd only known Miralda for a little bit and Frank. Well, Frank used to be a friend at one point. Get stabbed in the neck isn't something anyone would forget easily. After that, chaos erupted. So I managed to skip all of us back to the statue. Ava had skipped along as well, and she tried to get to know Blackie. This is Nidak, my adventure, written down in a better way than I can tell it. Episode 59 The Burden A strong gush of wind assaulted Nidak and the guards who kept her from falling to the platform's wooden boards. A loud sound shook it all, so deep it reverberated inside her body. Two dragon's feet swooped over the platform, catching Miralda and Farang, along with their guards and the executioner. Their eyes were already closed from receiving the dragon's burp. Deepest sleep, maybe live still. Blackie's sing-songed words in Nadak's head were at odds with the seriousness of the situation. Nadak blinked in an attempt to clear her eyes to follow the flight of Blackie. She'd already flown up higher and seemed to frolic with all four of her feet. Or is it hands and feet? Nadak wondered. Blackie swung back down and opened her left foot. Five men fell from it, slamming onto the platform. They tumbled around like ragdolls before disappearing over the edge. If they hadn't already been unconscious from the dragon's white gas, they would definitely be then. Still dazed from the shock of seeing her friends getting stabbed in the neck, Nedek had difficulty orienting herself. Deciding what to do next felt impossible. All of a sudden, the restraint on her shoulders fell away and she nearly plunked down face first if someone hadn't steadied her. Here you go, my lady. The deep voice belonged to one of the burly men who'd been acting as her guards. He held out her halberd. As Nedek took it, she glanced around. Only then she saw the chaos around her. At least, what had been a short-lived chaos before. Milia and Aba stepped carefully over the unconscious. Nidak hoped they were merely unconscious. Royal guards on their way towards her. What happened? Milia's eyes, still resembling lakes of water, showed genuine confusion. What did Blackie do? Why did you take Ferenc and Miralda? They're fine. Nidak forced a smile. She could only go by Blackie's words and wasn't certain herself of what had happened. We'll explain later, we have to go. She glanced at her speaker cone. Where did that bloody woman go? Nobody knew. Nidak stepped up to the cone and looked at the people. Most of them seemed as confused as Milia had. They would have understood even less of what had happened since the battle if it could be called so, had been brief and small. The Truth Companion's people had overpowered the royal guard quickly. Nidak wondered where Wyni was in all of this. Had he not wanted to come? 
or had he been forced to stay away? Dear people of Hatsako and beyond, this is not how I wish to end my first public appearance. Alas, I'm afraid I need to cut this short. Voices in her left ear, Milia's and Riata's, made it difficult to concentrate on her own words. When Blackie's mental voice joined them, Nidak's head almost exploded. I have to leave now, but I will return tomorrow and bring a miracle. Do not stand in the middle of the square. For the love of the squares, triangles and lines, I greet you. She turned around and bent through her knees, starting the skipping process. Let's go. Eba, want to come along? The woman hesitated. I need to know now. We're leaving. Before Nedak finished speaking, Eba frantically nodded, blurting out, Yes, yes! They skipped and appeared on top of the statue. Nedak looked up at Blackie, who still held the unconscious. Please, let them only be unconscious, Merwalda and Farank. As she descended, dark spots appeared all over Nedak's vision, and she stumbled, forced to hold on to one of the bedposts. She lowered herself on the edge and let her head hang between her knees, taking deep breaths until the fainting spell disappeared. Milia's voice sounded far away as she asked if Nedak was all right. Someone else groaned, presumably Eba because she just had her first skip. I'm fine. This was a tiring travel. It took a lot of concentration to pick all of you up to take along with me. I'll be fine. Just need rest. The bed looked tempting. Oh, so tempting. Blackie landed, depositing both of the unconscious people in one bed. Nidak's exhaustion didn't lift, but it got thrust aside, replaced by worry. Both her and Milia hurried to their sides, inspecting them. Oh, Farenk! Milia caressed Farenk's cheek softly, gasping as she looked closer at the gaping wound in his neck. He really did get punctured by the knife. And so did she. Why are they not bleeding? She put her ear on his chest, ignoring the blood. His heart still beats, but it is very, very slowly. Almost no beat at all. How is this possible? Blackie used the dragon's white gas on them. It's hard to understand her. She's too excited and words never come out that understandable anyway. A harumph came from next to them, where Blackie had settled, already rolled up while Kitty climbed her to get to the middle. But I think she says this is about the strongest she can make it without killing the person. She hasn't had much practice and should be able to improve further on. This very slowed down sort of coma puts them in a... What is a coma? Eba had regained her normal sense of balance and joined them at the beds. You don't know of... Of course you don't know what a coma is. A coma is when a person is unconscious for a long time. So anyway, this very slowed down coma slows down their vital functions extremely, including the heartbeat. Because of the slower heartbeat, the blood stopped flowing so quickly, 
effectively saving them from death. If we manage to sew them off soon anyway, I don't think it will heal by itself. Frustration, relief and helplessness all blended in with the pending doom and anxiety of the miracle she had promised in a prophecy. She slumped down, lowering herself on the tall grass with support from the bed, her knees folded underneath her. I don't know what to do. Slurps still had to be removed from earth, or none of what she did here would matter. Her friends would die if she didn't do anything for them. There were other Ishos walking around in the other realm who could thwart any plans without them being aware of it. And her energy felt completely depleted. Tears rolled down her cheeks, the stress of responsibility catching up to her again. How would she ever be able to be a real queen if she already couldn't handle the weight of it? From both sides... She got squished into a hug. Milia and Eba whispered comforting words in her ears. You can't do this. You should have a good rest and things will look better then. We can skip in a doctor, but you need to sleep first. I have only known you for a short time, but I already know you are the most wonderful and capable woman I know. Get some rest. We will take care of them. They gently coaxed her to stand up and guided her to a bed. Sleep came before she collapsed on it. The familiarity of the weight on her chest kept her from panicking at it being there. Her slight stirring activated the soothing vibration. Nidek's hand went to stroke Kitty before her eyes opened. Milia and Eba stood next to Blackie, absorbed in whatever they were talking about. They didn't notice Nadek waking up. She stood up, apologizing to Kitty for disturbing him, and checked up on Miralda and Farang first, but their condition hadn't improved. They'd been given a change of clothes, and each now had a bandage around their neck. So, this dragon does not speak to anyone but Nadek, and only in her head? Eba asked, looking doubtful. Yes? Milia frowned at Eba. You don't believe it's true? No, I do. Eva's tone of voice contradicted her words. She told me about it as well. It merely still sounds incredible. A real dragon. A myth. Living and breathing in front of me. Can I touch her? Blackie, who'd been laying with her eyes shut and head next to her body, not the round donut posture, opened her eyes. She stared straight at Eba, who let out a short and shrill yell, took a quick step backwards, caught a foot in the tall grass, and fell on her arse. Nidak snorted. All three of them shifted their gaze at her. Milia walked over as Eba picked herself up, and Blackie asked, Better feel? Yes, I'll feel better. Nidak said this out loud wanting to include the woman. Things feel more aligned and organized. And manageable. You're right there, Eba. She couldn't help but chuckle at the woman in the fancy dress, cheeks red, trying to swipe away loose particles of dust and grass. 
I am good, but that does not matter. The most important question is, are you certain you are all right? You went into a rather deep and sudden sleep and you did sleep for a long time. You may be doing too much. One woman alone cannot save the world, and especially not two worlds. Eva glanced at Melia. Your woman here has told me of all the missions you have been getting into these past days. It does sound as if you are taking up too much at once. I know. I am. But what am I supposed to do? A sudden flare of anger made her fling out her arms outwards before slapping them over her eyes. She lifted her head up to the sky and let her hands slide down her face, exhaling loudly. So dramatic, she thought. I can't let Earth fall to the order of the ancestral apocalypse. And I also can't ignore this false prophecy we, perhaps foolishly, set up. I saw it yesterday. No, it was still today, was it? We're still the same day? The people are responding to it, to the events the prophecy had set up. They know who I am now, and I actually think they accept me. That was a purpose. We succeeded. But if we, if I, fail in delivering the last day's prediction, the miracle, it may have been all for nothing. So I have to do it all. I have to find a way to make it work. It will. And also save them. They need medical attention, dragon's white breath or not. The two other women shot a glance at a still unconscious Farang and Miralda, then at each other. They both nodded. What's this? Nilak wondered. Mia had had a dislike for Eva from the moment Nedak had mentioned her. It seemed they had put aside any disagreements they had, although Nedak couldn't imagine Eva not getting along with any pretty woman, and conspired behind her back, or maybe in front of her while she slept. You know, there is nothing more I would wish than for Farenk to be alright. While you slept, we discussed Everything that has happened, and everything that is happening. No, no. Mila held up her hands towards Nedak. I know what you're going to say. I thought you decided it best not to involve anyone, and I thought you didn't trust Eva. She changed the pitch of her voice, aiming to mimic Nedak. I do not sound like that, Nedak protested inwardly. You told me you liked me as a servant but most of all as a friend and as some sort of protector. So that is what I did. I decided I could trust Eva because you trust her and she knows everything I do. Both of us together decided in order to get our happy ending, we should divide the tasks among us. Our only limitation is that we do not know much or anything at all about your skipping line. Can you please... Tell us everything you can do. Perhaps the three of us can see something you alone did not. Overwhelmed by a sudden gratitude and dispelling of her lingering feeling of loneliness and need to do it all herself, she grabbed both of them in a hug. As she let go, as she let go, she began telling them everything which had been in Yorak's journal. Her chest fluttered and filled with a renewed sense of purpose. 
their responsibility a lighter weight on his shoulders. The burden, although still there, had been divided. You have been listening to Nadak, Chapter 59, The Burden, narrated, adventured and lived through by myself, Nadak, written in a better way than I can tell it, by Astrid Jeff. Don't go just yet. We've got bloopers coming up. Find us on Twitter at Astrid Jeff and at Nadak and Kitty. Five men fell from them. Five men fell from... Five... Five... Here you go, my lady. Here you go, my lady. Here you go, my lady. He held out her... He held... He held out... Bloody hell. He held out... <laughs> Fuck. Milias and Riatas made it difficult to concentrate on her hope. Voices in her left ear. Milias and Riatas made it difficult to concentrate on her... Fuck. When Blackie's mental voice joined them, Nidek's head almost exploded. So, this dragon does not speak to anyone but Nidek and only in her head? So, this dragon does not speak to anyone but Nidek and only in her head? So, this dragon does not speak to anyone but Nidek and only in her head? Why does that sound so stupid? She stared straight at Abel who let out a short and shrill shrill. A shrill shrill. <laughs> That's not right. You went into a wider... She lifted her head up to the sky and let her hand slide down her face, exhaling, 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 loudly, exhaling. <laughs> Why does that sound so strange? Exhaling. Exhaling, loudly. Exhaling. Exhaling. Not exhaling, exhaling. Sweet, okay. She lifted her head. Dragon's white spread her enough. Enough. The two other women shot a glance at the And she knows everything I do. In order to get our. In order to get our. 